0: Tierney knocks it one side of Furlong, goes the other, Tierney, great run, great goal! What a magnificent goal by Kieran Tierney! That is absolutely top draw by Arsenal's left back, bending it in with his right foot, and Arsenal lead at the Hawthorns, thanks to a very special goal indeed. On this episode of PLNPJ's Chelsea's Conundrum,
1: and January Jaws...
0: Welcome back to the only Premier League podcast with a dress code. Hey Brent,
1: what is that dress code? I I keep forgetting, like, we start off every episode, and I I never remember.
0: Jake... It's in the title, dude. P- Do you not know what this podcast is called?
1: P. Oh, PJs.
0: Yeah, pajamas. Oh, I got it now. That's what no, that no. Our is later hosen's. Oh my gosh! But I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. That's what the PJ stand for.
1: I haven't worn a later hosen this entire time.
0: <laughs> well, wow, that's it. Boy, am I embarrassed. <laughs> I, I look like a fool.
1: You should. You re- you really should.
0: But well, Brent. No, Jake, you're right. It is pajamas. Yeah. You, you are correct. Mm-hmm. You started to say something. You said, well, Brent, I was leaving it for you.
1: Well, Brent, uh, Matt we 17 has come and gone. Mm-hmm. And some surprising results, some not so surprising yeah. results as the weeks go. That's typically how it happens. But can you please, 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 please give us a recap so we can go over these games?
0: I will, Jake, but first I just want to give a recap of our current situation. We're still abroad, and to those who might have just noticed that little kind of back and forth waiting for somebody to talk, I'm so ready for the chemistry to be back, where I can sit across from you, I can see mm-hmm. your cute little face, I can see when you're going to talk, we can bounce back and forth. You know, I hate it, but soon, soon we will be together again.
1: Yeah, that, that flow and that in-person chemistry that we have isn't really there mm-hmm. over over the phone. but I. No, it's I not. Would hope that the listeners would, you know, get, cut us a little slack, give us a break. It's COVID. Jake. We're taking precautions. We're seeing our family. I yeah. feel nothing for you. Oh my goodness. When I can't see you. Yeah. Wow. You
0: are nobody. You are a voice on the phone. So, yeah, I'm going to get into some results anyway. Yeah,
1: please, please. <laughs> uh,
0: so, we don't really have that many to cover this week, funny enough. Uh, starting on Friday, January 1st, the new year. Welcome to 2021, everybody. In a bright and early game, Everton losing to West Ham 1-0 from a Thomas Suchek goal in the 86th minute. Heck yeah. After that, Manchester United, a crucial victory over Aston Villa. And frankly, great game, questionable penalty. Always. I'm not going to argue it, but it's a Man U game. You can expect a questionable penalty. I don't get why people get so up in arms about it anymore. It's an every game occurrence. It's true you know uh after that on saturday january 2nd spurs thrashing Leeds 3-0 crystal palace beating sheffield my surprise pick of the week from last week not panning out sheffield did not get their first one of the season Set. then we had a thrilling 3-3 draw between brighton Ho- brighton and hove albion i got it that time Always. and wolves jake that game was wild did you watch it
1: I caught very little of it. I was actually on the mountain skiing. Um, right, you were skiing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was following on my phone in between runs, and we were texting back and forth about it. Mm-hmm. So I, I know that you enjoyed it. So Brent, what can you give me one highlight or your favorite part of that game real quick?
0: Well, I would just say Wolves, who have struggled to score first-half goals, getting three in the first half granted one own goal, but three one at half, And then Brighton marched back, arguably should have had a fourth goal had it not been for the ref calling for a foul for a push in the back that he couldn't really see that canceled out. And it was very soft. It was a wildly Uh. soft call that would have given Brighton a possible victory. I don't know. It's just uh, that that was kind of the, the crucial moment in the game. But two penalties, six goals. What more could you ask for? Well, maybe you could ask for a 4-0 victory if you're an Arsenal fan, beating West <laughs> Brom. And a dominant performance, Kieran Tierney, well, he scored a brilliant goal. I saw it labeled as a wonder strike, which I just tend to disagree with. It was a great run and a great finish. I don't know that I'd call it a wonder strike, but still a very solid performance from Arsenal.
1: Uh, Brent, now, I'd on have... Sunday. Oh. oh, sorry. I, I hate cutting you off like that. And no, it's you It's going to happen over the phone. But uh, um, I would have to say wonder strikes should be outside the box, in my opinion.
0: I kind of feel the same way. Or if or if it is going to be a wonder strike from inside the box, like tight angle, rocketed upper 90, sure, sure, or sure. you danced your way between three defenders and then did it, but Tierney to right. be... I mean, I get it was on his weak foot, but to be only 15 yards out, kind of you know left side of the goal, right. shot not exactly in the upper bins, Still, you know, great, I, I, great wouldn't, move, I wouldn't great call finish. that a wonder strike. Right.
1: Yeah. Can to I? take yeah. nothing
0: away from a defender, that's a great goal. It's. Yeah. Just, it was. I don't know if I'd call it a wonder strike. Sure. All right. Well, just want to put my thoughts. Anyway, in. Yeah. Yeah. Mark. Back to me. Back to <laughs> me. Back to me. <laughs> I'm Sunday, so sorry. January third, Jake. Jeez. Leicester beating Newcastle two to one, and after that, Man City, frankly, dominating Chelsea three to one, and I, I did not see that coming. I have to say it. The, Man City looked back to their old selves. Chelsea looking. Feeble, but that result was not as surprising as on Monday, January 4th, Southampton beating Liverpool 1-0 with a Danny Ings goal in the second minute, granted Liverpool playing two center mids in defense with Fabinho and Jordan Henderson, but a 1-0 win for Southampton, unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and uh, that goal in the second minute really took everyone by surprise, Um, and then nothing happening after that, it was
0: maybe more surprising. Well, and it was, I mean, give credit to Danny Ings. That was a beautiful finish from him. It was, sure was wonderfully sure was. chipped over the goalie into the back post. So, so a great result. And, Jake, you know what else had a great result? What? Our fantasy.
1: Oh, we my performed gosh. performed great. I love to hear that.
0: Yeah. No, and I'm going to start small and work our way up. So just as a little insight, Bruno Fernandez 10 points. Jungman, son, 13. Captain Harry Kane, 24 points. Suchek, 11 points. Our midfield itself gave us 44 points. Wow. Yeah. Plus Captain Kane. We got 79 points this week. 56 was the average. That was with Fabianski not even playing as well, mind you. And so the highest was 129 with a triple captain on Hume Min Son. And I will say, Jake, we had we maybe done a bench boost and had a bench available, we would have been contending for the top. All um, right. Oh but but here we are, still far above average of 56. And, and we're back to our best, I think. I, I, I think. I think this is really looking like us again.
1: I, I would like to think so, Brian. Maybe we can continue this form to the following weeks.
0: No, I would love it. Just like Chelsea was in a slump of form or is in a slump of form, we were in a slump of form. But I feel like we've kind of popped out of it now. Hopefully the team continues to perform. But Jake, speaking of team and performing, yes, our next segment... Do you have any idea what it might be?
1: Is it Giggles?
0: Well, always. That's every segment. (laughs) But there's a different one that we like to highlight every week of a group of players. Yeah. Sponsored by an American company. Okay. Who sells masks with a clear front. Jake, do you know who I'm talking about?
1: This is sounding very familiar. Um, Is it Smile Mask?
0: Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner, Jake smile Nest team of the week is the next segment
1: wow that caught me off guard I'm so glad that you were there to walk me through it
0: yeah no well I like holding your hand and I'll hold your hand through this you know oh my
1: (laughs) so Brent uh, are you telling me that there's a team of 11 players from this match week that we get to highlight and is sponsored by a great American company
0: no that's exactly what I'm telling you Jake and I'm glad you caught on
1: yeah, and just for a refresher, Smile Mask is an American company that has that makes masks that have clear fronts, so uh, the deaf people and audio-impaired people. Uh, not sure if that's the correct terminology, but they rely on reading lips in conversations, and with this pandemic and everyone wearing masks, it's been tough for them. And so they've really given this outlet uh, and this great product uh, to allow these people to you know, be more in the conversation, be able to understand people.
0: And, and I love that. That is a fantastic cause, Jake. And maybe you want to start off with the goalie in defense for us and uh, cover those players.
1: Brent, I, th- I think I could do that. I think I could handle that. Um, so in net, we have Hugo Lloris from Tottenham Hotspur. And he had a clean sheet against Leeds, who are a very vicious attacking team. Uh, Five saves. I would say two impressive saves. Um, And just overall, uh, good to come away with a clean sheet against a team like Leeds, who have been very vicious on attack recently. But uh, moving on to our defense, we have Aaron Wan-Bissaka from Your Manchester United, who had an assist and four tackles with those extremely extremely long legs of his. Uh, Also in defense, we mentioned him earlier, uh, Kieran Tierney who Mm -hmm. had a goal and an assist, and that's coming from a defensive position, which is very impressive. And that was part of that thrashing of West Bromwich Albion. So very impressed with his performance and his quote-unquote wonder strike uh, started off that Arsenal rampage, and they never looked back. Uh, But moving on from uh, Southampton, we actually have two people. First, we have, or sorry, I should say, from the Southampton-Liverpool game, we have Stevens or Stephens, if you will. Jack, do you
0: know if it's Stevens or Stephens? I think it's Stevens, but I like it's Stephens.
1: Just, you know, that just sounds nice. Sure, sure, sure. Either or. Uh, five interceptions and seven clearances wow. uh, against that Liverpool team. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have an English right back from... The Southampton-Liverpool team. And no, it is not Trent Alexander-Arnold with 38 giveaways and 80 minutes of play time. It is Kyle Walker-Peters, also three
0: names. Oh, gotcha.
1: For Southampton, who had six tackles, seven clearances, and two key passes from that right back position.
0: Honestly, a stellar performance from... A man whose namesake is one of the best right-backs slash center-backs in the Premier League.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> are you wishing he was still at Tottenham, Jake? Kyle Walker-Peters? Um, after
1: seeing Matt Doherty get a red card last game, maybe. you know, <laughs> I, right. I was no, always always fair. a fan of his. Um, didn't really want him to leave, but it was clear that the manager wasn't going to play him. So I'm glad he's getting play right. time at Southampton.
0: No, absolutely. And Jake, with that, I'll move on to the midfield if you'll let me. I, I
1: I am going to let you.
0: Um, oh, I appreciate that. So first off, we have Kevin De Bruyne from Man City, who scored his first goal from open play this season. Also racked up an assist and three key passes in their game. And and frankly, Man City just kind of bossed Chelsea. You deserve to have some City players in there. Mm-hmm. After that, we had Ceballos from Arsenal. Three key passes, four tackles, seven interceptions from the guy that Jake, you thought, would not fill the void that they needed in midfield. But here he is providing tackles and that, receptions, as well as key passes.
1: That is very true, and he, and he wouldn't have to be in that position if Thomas Partey um, was healthy. I, well, I will say true. a caveat is it was against West Brom Albion, so we'll see how it goes for the rest of the year.
0: No, that makes sense. And then after that, we had Trossard from Brighton and Hove Albion, two assists, three key passes. And frankly, those that kind of an output from a Brighton player deserves to be put in the team of the week. I realize they had a great result for them, you know, You know, solid point. But just his performance in general, very convincing. The kind of performances that they're going to need if they're going to you know, continue to perform and stay up in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, Brent, I'd have to agree with you, though. That was a great performance by Trossard individually and then that Brighton team um, all together. And I think, I think what we saw this week uh, maybe is a little preview to the future and them staying up.
0: Yeah, I sure hope so. But after that, Jake, I'm just going to roll right into the forwards. Please. Where we have human Son from Tottenham, almost kind of a mainstay in the team now. One goal and one assist again this weekend, and I think deserving to be in the team. We, were, we talked about between him and Kane, who would mm-hmm. belong in the team of the week. We opted Son, who I just think performed better. After that, we had from rivals in London, Lacazette at Arsenal. Two goals and three key passes in his game, and... The two goals alone would probably earn him a team of the week spot, but also sure. providing three key passes. Impressive. And after that, Jake, we had Phil Foden from Manchester City who had a goal, an assist, and four key passes. Granted, he's kind of a false nine, number 10 player, but we threw him into our front line as a winger just for the formation's sake. You know, you don't need Kevin De Bruyne and Foden sitting in your center attacking mid slot you might as well move one of them to the right wing and let them drift inside and that's exactly what they would do in this formation yep
1: of course and i, I think he uh, had a great game great start to the game especially mm-hmm. uh and uh i think his first selection into the team of the week because obviously he doesn't play every week at least doesn't start every right week. so nice to see him in this uh, uh team of the week
0: no, I agree. You love to see young players doing well. The same thing goes for somebody like Bakayosaka, who's been in great form lately. Uh, you, you know, you like to see young English players doing well in the Premier League, getting a platform to succeed. But speaking of young English players, Jake, mm-hmm. Chelsea has Tammy Abraham. They have Mason yeah, Mount. They have Ben Chilwell. well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But what's gone wrong? You know, they, they, like I said last week, went top of the table, and since then have only won one game in the Premier League. What's going on? What's the change in form? What do you think?
1: Brent, I, I couldn't pin it on one thing. And I I don't want to put it on Lampard. Uh, I don't want to put it on Timo's lack of finishing. But I would say that they're a big factor in, in what the form is sure. currently uh, for Chelsea. Um, I think they're creative enough with players like Pulisic, uh, Ziek, and then Mount in there in that advanced midfield area and on the outer wings. But maybe it's just that final pass and that killer instinct that they're just not getting on the uh, score sheet enough and compounded with some lapse of judgment in, in the back and letting players through. I think it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an all-around, uh, I wouldn't say abysmal, but I would say poor performances in, in the last couple of weeks.
0: Jake, I would agree. And the other thing I'd say is they need more production from their midfielders and forwards. We've seen early in the season their defense has been great, uh, especially with Mendy and Goal. But I feel like players like, even though they may be performing well in the games, they're not producing enough. When I think of players like Mason Mount, performing well, not really providing goals and assists. Pulisic has been their highest rated player in the last few games, has not provided anything. Ziek, not really giving the impact that they wanted, despite looking promising on the field. Obviously Werner. Another player I would say, N'Golo Conte, where you know, he obviously makes his tackles around the pitch, and that is his role in the team. But this is a situation where an ex Premier League winner, very experienced player, World Cup winner, needs to show some leadership. They have Thiago Silva for a reason, but I think they need N'Golo Conte to maybe push the team forward a little bit more. To maybe be that influence. While he's not going to be a goal scorer. He may not be a, an assist provider. They need his influence going forward to kind of spark the attack. You know, they need them. Mm-hmm. They, they need him to get on the forward players to do more, to produce more, yell at them when they're not getting back, yell at them when they're not pressing hard enough, yell at them when they're missing chances, especially a player like Werner who definitely looks shot of confidence right now. And and maybe you don't instill that right away by giving him an easy tap, and maybe you instill that if the opportunities aren't coming by getting on the player and saying, we know you can do better, you need to do better. And, you know, maybe that's just my opinion, but I think they're missing that kind of production from their better players and you know at the point that Olivier Giroud looks their most dangerous going forward a man in his 30s um and he's still a very decent player but but Werner was brought in to do a job Ziek was brought in to do a job Pulisic you know relatively blo- brought in to do a job despite being a promising player for the future and looking good last season they need more production and uh, I think Lampard is being let down by his players a bit. It may be partially his fault, maybe not getting the team ready for the games, maybe not setting up the team right, but, but he needs them. He needs them to perform for him. He needs his players to play for him because, as Sky Sports reported, Lampard's job is, quote, under serious threat right now, that Chelsea and Roman Abravovich are looking for new managers for the team.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't believe everything you read. Um obviously there's just going to be some speculation um for managers that have been losing some games. Um I I don't see him uh getting sacked this year, at least not if they can like bounce back from these sure. last three games. But Brent, I I want to ask you. Um do you think it's possible that these last three games they're just being victim of running into three teams that have just been in good form. Because Arsenal came to form when they beat them. I understand they were in terrible form before. But we've seen since that, that 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 was like they're coming back into their actual fitness and form. Um, sure. Sparked what a three-game winning streak now. And then they ran into Villa, who's having the the season of their lives um, and they they drew Villa so not a terrible result against a team that's right. top top what six top seven with two games mm-hmm. in hand or whatever it is and then they run into Man City who haven't been themselves all year so you can say oh they should they should do better but it's still Man City they still have some of the best players in the world and maybe if right. you look at the at the beginning of the season uh, you you don't really call it a crisis if you see them lose to Arsenal and and Chelsea, but um, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: Well, and I would also say the signs were there that they may be susceptible to these kinds of results when they drew West Brom near the start of the season Um, 3-3. I think maybe some cracks were shown, but where it seems to really have turned is when they lost to Everton. You lose to Everton, then you lose to Wolves, you beat West Ham, lose to Arsenal, draw Villa, lose to City. And, and it's almost as if the players were riding this high of, you know, drawing Spurs relatively, another title contender, it's not a bad point, beating Leeds, beating Newcastle, beating Sheffield, beating Burnley, drawing United away, that for some reason that result against Everton, it's almost as if the team has kind of lost their potency since. Where they were scoring three goals in the game before, um, you know, one against Wolves. I granted, you know, three against West Ham, but then one against Arsenal, one against Villa, one against City, and so it's just kind of interesting to see that kind of dichotomy in the team. And it'll be interesting. And Jake, do you have any ideas of what might need to change for the team for them to get their form back?
1: Um, I think it's I think it's confidence. I think they need to go into. Their next game, which is it's against Fulham, so I think this would be a perfect time to do so. I think they need to go in with confidence, destroy Fulham, which they should based on skill level and just overall talent. Um, and if they do that, I think I think they're gonna pick back up where they were in the beginning of the season when they looked like a team that was contending for the title. Um, but I, I really right. think I think it relies on this next game. I think they need to come out and beat. Fulham by at least two goals, and I think that will spur them to be um, a top-four team for the rest of the, the season.
0: No, I think you're right.
1: And, uh um,
0: Yeah, Jake, I just want to throw in one last little Please. note that I agree with you. I don't necessarily think that Lampard will be fired. I'm wondering if maybe this pressure will push him forward, though. You sure.
1: Know? Yeah. And uh, he played under some... Good managers including Mourinho so I think he's he's has the talent to be a, a great manager um and I think uh the players look at their their gaffer with some admiration and uh I think I think he's the right guy for the job and he's just going through a tough
0: patch right now no I agree but um speaking of tough batches Jake maybe what they need to push them forward maybe an incoming signing in January, the window is open, and uh, we have some January Jaws to talk about. And keep in mind, Jaws is being referenced not as the movie, but as really? the verb, which means to chatter.
1: Yeah. Oh. See, I, I did that intro, and I had no idea what I was saying, so I'm glad that you yeah, clarified Yeah, no, I get it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, but Jake, uh, have you heard any rumors?
1: Um, Brent, I, I have heard a few rumors and you you might contradict me on a few of these um okay. but but i w- i- w- I want to let you know what I've been hearing, and then you can you can tell me what mm-hmm. you've been hearing, okay, because my ear's okay. been to the ground, and I've been <laughs> hearing some chatter some jaws
0: oh okay
1: um, and specifically the ones regarding the premier League obviously um I heard a little bird, bur- little birdie told me that. Ooh. That wolves have been eyeing Eddie Enketia of Arsenal.
0: Interesting. That's and you know, they they need some more force up front. That wouldn't surprise me.
1: They do, uh as I might get into later. Um they need someone to replace Raul Jimenez, who had that terrible head injury and could be out for whoever who knows how long. Um, Wait, but what about Fabio? <laughs> Fabio Silva is one of my least favorite players in the Premier League. I think he is... <laughs> I, I won't speak on the rest of his career because he could turn out to be great, but I think right now, in the Premier League, he, he's not going to be good for the rest of the right. season.
0: Just not worth 47 million pounds. No,
1: no, absolutely not. And that's... Shad. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry,
0: Jake. Continue with your rumors.
1: No, please. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say one more, and then you, you can let me know uh, if you've heard the same or if you've heard different. Sure. Um... Obviously, during the summer, there was some chatter about Delhi going to PSG, now with Mauricio Pochettino there. I- I've heard him and Paolo Gazzaniga have been linked t- to a PSG move.
0: Jake, it's funny because I saw the same on Sky Sports, that Delhi Alley is linked with PSG. I didn't see the Gaza news,
1: mm-hmm. but I will
0: say PSG was is rumored to be interested in Delhi Alley with Poch there, which i wouldn't blame them he looked his best under poch he would go there and not necessarily have to be a starter but could be a contributor off the bench it, it would not surprise me if he did make the move to psg without getting time under Mourinho.
1: yeah um i think he's a skilled enough player where he, de- he deserves uh, at least regular appearances if that's off the bench if that's a start whatever um As much as it would be sad to see him go because of the history he's had there and the the great runs he's had, uh, I I think he deserves to be uh, an everyday or almost everyday starter.
0: No, I I totally get that. And so we'll see what ends up happening with him. But, Jake, I want to throw out some other ones speaking of of Sky Sports that I've heard, which is uh, Liverpool to get a center back, which from Fabrizio Romano was rumored to be Alaba, David Alaba from Bayern Munich, which would be a... Huge signing for them, even if Virgil comes back. That is a perfect left-sided defender compliment for them. Uh, so, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I also heard from their website, I, I wasn't told personally, but that uh, Brandon Williams from Manchester United might be on his way to Southampton, but possibly with a circle of Premier League clubs beneath him that might be interested as well. But after that, Jake, maybe a menace of the Premier League of past. That you might be a familiar name with is Diego Costa, ex Chelsea, now ex Atletico Madrid, might be on his way to Wolverhampton Wanderers.
1: Brent, I think that might be a good fit. Um, they definitely are need a striker, as we we recently talked about. Um, mm-hmm. He still he has that killer instinct, and I think he he could be a, a great finisher for Wolves, as Jimenez has been proven uh, Premier League striker. So that's also a big plus. Um, I I will say uh, to the David Alaba news. I I saw something about him also being linked a little bit to Real Madrid. Oh yeah. Uh, which uh, also might have an impact on Tottenham's Sergio Reguilon, who's on who who we bought, but has a buyback clause. Mm-hmm. Um. So that that might lean towards uh him staying with Tottenham for longer if if they get another left side defender I know he plays center back and left back but um it it could throw a wrench into that buyback um but also Brent uh I've been hearing some news about Buendia from North City who's been having a great season in the championship Mm -hmm. uh, possibly being linked with some premier league clubs including Arsenal is that is that correct
0: no, that is correct, and Jake, I just want to also touch on, because it's Norwich, uh, an American, Sebastian Soto, who's been playing at mm-hmm. Red Star Belgrade, who's performing brilliantly, might be on his way back to Norwich in the championship, so that's just an American watch to keep your eye on, but yes, Wundia is rumored to be going to Arsenal, who frankly could use some reinforcement at the back.
1: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, they, they could use whatever they can get. Um Something that I have not seen, but uh, something that could happen maybe this January or possibly in the summer if they don't get promoted. Um, Ivan Tony of Brentford, who's been a proven striker in the championship this year, mm-hmm. the replacement for Ollie Watkins. Um, oh, I, know, I know that there are <laughs> plenty of uh, teams within Premier League that could use a striker or maybe a backup striker. So... Uh, I maybe not this January, but if Brentford fall off a little bit and don't don't get promoted, you could see them uh, making or having him uh, make his way out.
0: Yeah, no, Jake. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I say oh, interesting, just purely because it's Ollie Watkins' replacement, and you know what I think of Ollie Watkins. So, Jake, <laughs> I just speaking of Ollie Watkins. Look, so far I've gotten that wrong on him being a bust for the team. He looks to be exactly what the team needed, but. I kind of put down a list of three different players or different needs for teams that we have okay. prioritized as maybe the biggest team needs for January. Uh, we, get, we get a top three. We're not doing every team. And, Jake, I was wondering if you could kick us off with your, your top need for a team.
1: Sure. Brent, I'm worried that we've picked the same ones possibly. Sure. Uh, I, I know we've talked about uh, some of these, at least on my list, um, mm-hmm. a little earlier. But I'm, I'm going to go off with my, my first, my biggest need for a team. And we talked about it. I think Wolves are desperately in need of a striker, a proven striker mm-hmm. that they can trust up top. Uh, they, they have Fabio Silva. They have Vitinha, who plays in that advanced role almost. Uh, but I think they need a tr- true striker, um, maybe a veteran that, that can show some leadership up top.
0: No, Jake, and I agree, I will let you know that that's not one of the ones on my list.
1: Oh, I'm glad. I'm, I'm very glad. I, I, I was very worried that it was going to be.
0: No, Jake, my top one is for, actually, Aston Villa. Oh. Uh, yeah, so I will say, I think with the position that they found themselves in, what they could really use, really use is a Premier League experienced veteran center defensive mid or center back. Because they are close to the top of the table, there is a chance that they could kick on with their plus 8,000 odds to win the Premier League, but at least to finish in the top four. And you yeah. could use a player that doesn't necessarily need to start every game, but in your big games that's going to compose your defense and your midfield. You don't need him to do anything. Jack Grealish has the you know front line on lock, and he works hard on defense, but you could use that experienced veteran center defensive mid center back player to get the team in line you could probably get them on the cheap at this point if you're looking like a 34 year old but i think that would be a big buy for a team like villa given the fact they're in the top half of the table right now
1: no Ben, i i agree with that um and and if you had to shape that center defensive mid slash center back and i will i'm actually gonna gear this towards a center defensive mid because i like konza and mings um so if you if you had your pick, if you were um, Aston Villa and you could find a veteran, would would you want him to have more of a style of a Conte, of a Fernandinho, a Hoybier, or who would you want to shape that center defensive mid after?
0: You know, I would actually want more of a Fernandinho, and I'm glad that you said okay. that because they yeah. need somebody not only that can provide the leadership, but will scrape up loose balls, that will chase down loose balls, that will win 50-50 challenges, and push the team forward from there. I think they could really use a player like that to kick on in the Premier League.
1: Awesome, yeah. No, I I, I would tend to agree with that. Um, and I think they, if they were to find something like that, and and even if they don't, I think they still have a good chance of of uh, contending for a top spot in maybe Champions League or Europa League play.
0: No, I I think you're you're spot on, Jake. But how about your number two?
1: My number two. Um, slightly touched on it in the January Jaws segment, but I, th- I think Liverpool need a center back, and I don't think they need to buy one. I think they need to loan one for the rest of the year, because I think they're going to be fine when, when, they, when they have Ben Dyke back, when they have uh, Joel Matip back, and, and I think they just need to loan one for the rest of the season, because we saw what the pairing of the two center mids as center backs did against Southampton, it uh, was not a great result. Uh, I'm not going to put it on them, though, because the goal that mm-hmm. they gave up was, I would say, Trent Alexander-Arnold's fault. Um, but still, I, I think you need true center backs to finish off this year if you want to win the Premier League, which obviously they, they do. So I think they need to get a loan for, for a center back.
0: No, Jake, I completely agree. And, um, you know, that kind of leads me into my second pick, which would be a Sheffield player. Okay. And I listed that they either need a truly commanding, relatively young center back, or rather a creative center attacking mid slash CM. I realize they have Sander Burge right now, but they could use a creative post going forward to unlock. David McGoldrick has already showed that he could score, given the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think they really need a creative force from midfield to unlock their attack if they have any hope of staying in the Premier League.
1: Hey, hey, Britain! I know uh, the perfect Danish fit who's out of favor Inter right now. Uh, who's that? <laughs> Christian Eriksen, who's uh, looking to oh, move. Oh, Pro- <laughs> Pro- Probably not the Sheffield, but uh, just I would be surprised. Throw that in, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Jake. How about your third?
1: Um, my third pick is for Everton. I think they need a defender, and and I won't say okay. whether that's a center back to. Kind of replace or add on to Yari Mina's kind of weak spot in their defense. I like Keane. I think he's doing a fine mm-hmm. job, but also those those wing backs. You know, uh, Luka Dine is hurt. He he's he's coming back relatively soon, so that might not be a big deal. But also the right back. You know, you need someone uh, consistent there, and they're just not very deep, and at least with decent talent. So I think it'd be nice to bolster that defense a little bit. Um, And maybe that'll uh, improve their goal output, too.
0: No, I agree, Jake. And uh, so, yeah, I I guess on that note, I'm really excited to hear that we actually didn't have anything really... Oh, nice. ...overlap, yeah. My last one was for Southampton. Perfect. And it would be a creative, quick-playing, and a freestyle center-attacking mid or winger. I think they have Danny Ings, they have James Ward-Prowse to be their, you know, central midfield controller, sure. but they need somebody, again, in, in a very similar style, how I feel for Sheffield, but for different reasons, but to unlock their attack. I think their defense looks very solid. The base of their midfield with Romeo and Ward-Prowse is great, but I don't necessarily think that Stuart Armstrong can provide the creative spark that they need. And while they have DeGempo, who has some wing uh, speed out there, I think they could use a creative force... To link the midfield and the attack and play between the lines to maybe unleash a Danny Ings or Shea Adams.
1: And uh, Brent, I'm gonna let you know again: there is a certain Danish center attacking <laughs> for Inter who's out of favor. <laughs> and and oh, who I know. Is it? <laughs> and I know Southampton players are notorious for going to Spurs. Winyama, uh, <laughs> Alderwald, and
0: I just uh, choked on my own spit. I was like. <laughs> yeah, and you and then even
1: uh, <laughs> and even Pochettino went for, came from Southampton, but we're we going to turn the favor our uh, our former maestro in in the midfield, uh, now into he's going to come to Southampton. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> All right, I love it. I love it. Uh, well, Jake, what people will not only hear first with that is maybe they'll hear first these predictions for the upcoming match week. Ooh. Do you see how I transitioned that? Did you like that?
1: No, I I, I love your transitions. Um, it's okay, my favorite perfect. part. One of my favorite parts. That. My actual favorite part is getting to, to read these pickums.
0: No, I figured that that I figured right. that would be something that you look forward to. And uh, Brent, we just talked about them.
1: Sheffield. Um, they play Newcastle on Tuesday, January twelfth, at Bramall Lane.
0: Yeah, and I will say just as a caveat really quick, there are no Premier League games this weekend. So we're picking for next week's midweek yep. games before we record our next pod. So even next pod, Jake, when we record, we won't have results from these games. So it's gonna be a funky it's gonna be a funky next couple weeks with all these midweek games. But yes, yeah, starting off, Jake, I picked Sheffield to win their first game last time. But I'm gonna pick them a- to get a draw against okay. Newcastle in this game. They're favored, as you pointed out. Yeah,
1: I did. I did point that out earlier. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that pick. Um, I'm going to go with a Newcastle win. I just... I, I've, I've trusted Sheffield before, and, I, and I've been let down, so I don't want to trust him again. All right. And Brent, as you touched upon, uh, no games this weekend for the Premier League, but be sure to tune in to... The FA Cup fixtures, which I believe oh, yeah, most, if not all of them, will be featured on ESPN+. Uh, moving Free
0: advertisement. On. Love that. <laughs> they,
1: yeah, they're welcome. Uh, <laughs> moving on, at uh, 315 Eastern, we have Burnley Man United, and that's at Turf Moor. What do you think?
0: And Jake, remember how much our drunken surprise pick changes work so well? E- no. No. Wee, 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 Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm picking Burnley to get a draw in this oh game against Manchester United.
1: That is a change. and I had I've, a
0: different pick before, but yeah. after a few drinks, I've decided to pick this one.
1: No, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, wow, okay. Brent, um, I don't see that happening. Um, I love this draw momentum that you're enforcing, but...
0: Well we only have so many games to choose from this week, you know? It's true. It's very true. And it can be tough
1: when you don't have a large selection. But yeah. yeah. Um Brent, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a man you win, so
0: I hope you're right. I would love yeah. for them to go pure top of the table.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that would be nice, uh with Liverpool's loss for Man United to go top. Uh but Brent we have one more game yes. on Tuesday. Oh, and do that we? is Wolverhampton Wanderers against Everton at 315 Eastern, and that's at the Molyneux.
0: And, Jake, I was tempted to continue the draw momentum in this game, but I'm going to pick an Everton victory here.
1: Okay. Um, Brent, this will be the first time so far this week that we agree I I have an Everton victory as well.
0: Hey, look at us. I love it when we do that.
1: Do you? Sometimes you hate that we have the same ideas. No, no, but in this
0: case, I love it. Okay.
1: Um, well, moving on to Wednesday, January 13th, um, in this new year, we have Man City versus Brighton at 1 o'clock Eastern, and that's in Manchester.
0: Jake, this was going to be my surprise pick because I was going to pick a draw in this game, but I'm actually yeah. going to change that to a Manchester City victory.
1: Uh, Brent, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you right there. I think... City showed what kind of form they're in against Chelsea and I think they're going to continue that against Brighton who had a spirit to come back against the Wolves but not, not going to have enough spirit to, to beat or tie Man City Alright And that second game on Wednesday we have Aston Villa against Tottenham. Uh, that is at 315 Eastern and that's in Birmingham
0: Yeah Jake and I'm going to pick Tottenham Hotspur in this game
1: Brent, I'm so glad you did that. That's so nice. Um,
0: yeah, no, you're all... You're,
1: you're a kind person. I'm actually going to go with a draw. Um, I think what Tottenham have shown in the past um, is that they can either thrash teams or go up one and then kind of get into their shell. Sure. Um, I'm scared that it's going to be the latter for this one. I think it's going to be a 1-1 um, full-time and... Uh, teams are gonna split the points
0: all right hey i respect that pick
1: hey uh, it's tough to go against your team or at least have your team draw but we both did it this week actually so Mm Mhm. Um, brent moving on to the last pick that we're doing that's on thursday the 14th and that's arsenal versus crystal palace at 3 p.m eastern and that's at the emirates
0: yeah jake um I'm kind of putting two and two together, and I know usually I go first on these, but I'm gonna do just a quick thing for you because I realize that this is the last game we have to pick in. And... You're doing the
1: you're doing the surprise picks,
0: Iron, for me. I am, yeah. Back wow, to back that... to old times. I'm providing the siren.
1: <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. I know. Um. Yes, you're correct. I am picking Crystal Palace in this one. Uh, I think. That they showed some good stuff in their last match, and I think they're gonna bring that over against Arsenal, who are on a high. But I think they're gonna be brought down to earth by by a Crystal Palace team.
0: And Jake, I think that's the stupidest pick I've ever heard because I'm riding the high of Arsenal, and I think they get another.
1: Wow, victory. that was pretty rude, dude.
0: Yeah, I know. But Jake, you wanna know how confident I am about this pick?
1: How confident?
0: I have made Sokka, my player to watch this week, against Palace.
1: Brent, it's funny that you say that, because my player to watch is Eze. Wow. Look
0: at so that. There's a lot on the line this game. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, maybe we should uh, you know, hang out and watch that game together.
0: Well, and the best part is, Jake, we can, because I'll be there.
1: The worst part is, though, it's during work hours, so maybe not. But well, For some <laughs> of us. For some of us. But yeah, Brian, uh, I think that'll be a good game. And uh, um, I'm excited to see how it goes. I hope uh, one of us is right and that
0: it's not a draw. Yeah, no, it would be a blast. Um, And Jake, I I will also add just a quick... Well, wait. Sure. No, you did give your surprise pick. What I will say is this is an interesting week for fantasy. Um, As I I check our fantasy again, we only have five players... No. Seven players in action. Bruno Fernandes, right. heung Son, Jack Grealish, Wolf Zaha, Harry Kane, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Gabrielle, who was injured, so it doesn't really count. Um, we are trying our best to use the free hit feature, but for some reason it's just not working. <laughs> if it does work, we will be bringing in a myriad of players, including Ollie Watkins, Seiss from, from Wolves. We'll be bringing in Serge Aurier. We will be bringing in... Uh, Rui Patricio and goal. We have a lot of players to change if it works. We think we, we saw this as an opportunity where we might be able to get the top score if we change all of our players and maybe do a bench boost in the same week. But it hasn't been letting us use the free hit, so we gotta figure out what's going on there. If not, right. it's going to be a bleak fantasy week with only I guess one, two, three, four, five, six players in and one defender playing but who's injured. So it's gonna be a bit of a bummer
1: yeah brian i really hope we figure that out and uh we'll have time after this podcast post to make those changes because of uh oh for the sure long, the long deadline stretch. is the
0: 12th yeah
1: so if anyone has any suggestions for us on how to make that work we would love to hear them because we would like to drive this new lineup
0: oh for sure it would be a blast but um yeah so so unfortunately we don't have much of fantasy preview this week and jake how are jake's bets looking this week in the shortened week
1: Um, Brent, I I was able to manage uh, to put together a two-leg parlay for our listeners and myself, which I I will say right now, I've already put the fiver down on this bet. That's how confident I I am. You have Man United going away to Burnley. You know how they've been on the road so far this year. Oh, I know it. So I'm continuing, or sorry, I'm betting on that to continue and them to get a win. That is the first part of the leg. Second, le- or second part is Everton, which we both agreed on, to beat Wolves. If you parlay the Manchester United win and an Everton win, you get plus 330 odds. That gives you a net 16 point whatever um, return from a fiver. Uh, please bet okay. responsibly and never above your means
0: love that I love I love that warning at the end and Jake you know I don't sports bet maybe I should start though we were talking about putting 10 bucks as I as I kind of plugged this podcast Aston Villa plus 8,000 to win the Premier League oh my gosh I just dropped a pen and Everton plus 8,000 to win the Premier League so if you are feeling a little risky I mean I, I told you over text Ever since Leicester was plus 10,000, still halfway through the season to win the Premier League, I told myself I would always take those odds. And, I'm man, I'm tempted to take those. But, obviously, that's a big picture. We're in the here and now. You're focusing on this match week, and I like those bets. I hope they come true.
1: Thank you, Brent. And uh, I will say, I think we went through everything in some Not haste, but in in good time. Um, So, if you'll have me... Um oh, I will What do you think about us putting 10 on Everton, 10 on Aston Villa right now and we uh before one of them hits we we split that profit.
0: Jake, I'd love that. I'll send you 10 bucks right now.
1: I I would really appreciate it. Let me let me just confirm these odds. Um just It was from you. BR
0: betting today. I mean they no, were... I,
1: I I know and uh it, it will vary from um, betting site to betting site. Sure, let me, let but even so, you.
0: the odds have to be relatively close.
1: Um, and Brent, they're the exact same. So, all right. So I'm gonna well do that out. right now. I love that. Um, so those of you listening, you are a part of history. Us making money on either Aston Villa or Everton winning the league. Obviously, going to happen. Oh, look at that! Thank you. Yeah,
0: right on cue. I got your you ten bucks. Yeah
1: um but yeah so i'm super excited about this and uh i'll, no, I'll me send too. you a picture of the confirmation after we're done I here love that. and uh and jake Brent, as,
0: as i'm sitting here i just want to say yeah i had to go down to my phone to send you that and i looked at the clock and is it giggle o'clock is, is that the part we're already at? oh my
1: gosh i didn't even check my yeah, oh my gosh Brent, it is
0: <laughs> yeah who could believe how, that how, how do we... we
1: get to this time so fast
0: i don't know time goes so fast when you're recording a pod with your bud from afar. Oh Can't imagine how much closer it would be in person. Uh,
1: I, I, I don't even want to imagine. It's it's so much, probably. Oh, I know. Um, but, Jake,
0: I will say, I did finish my whiskey uh, during the Team of the Week. <laughs> so, I have nothing Brent, left to drink
1: with you. That is not surprising. Um, Maybe concerning, but definitely not surprising.
0: No, no, come on. Um, it's fine. But,
1: but Brent, least... we, we, we are separated so we're not drinking the same thing do you want to give a little plug to what you're drinking
0: well yeah i was just drinking um buffalo trace whiskey uh again the benefits of being at home is you drink relatively more expensive slash better stuff so uh, i I had my buffalo trace tonight jake what were i believe you had a shot of something different tonight out of tradition
1: (laughs) yeah brent um i i'm actually out of real like traditional whiskey um which we usually, obviously, uh, take shot of and drink during the podcast. So I, I did a little something different. Um, I, I, I'm drinking brandy. I'm drinking uh, Copper and King's brandy on the, on the rocks uh, as, as a replacement for whiskey. But for the shot, uh, yes, you're right. I did something non-traditional. And I took a shot of tequila. Not my favorite thing ever. Gross. Yeah, um, gross. But it, it was complemented with Denver Beer Co.'s Princess Yum Yum, which is a raspberry Ooh, kolsch. Oh, so, I can plug uh,
0: my beer as well. I drank a Matanuska Brewing Company Long Track IPA. It's so Alaskan.
1: That That is the most Alaskan thing I've ever heard.
0: Yeah. No, the entire like art of it is a guy riding a snow machine and everything. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's wild.
1: Love to hear that. Um, but Yeah. Uh Brent, I I think we've come to the finale of our of our episode and Yeah, it's... I
0: don't mind a shorter episode. I hope our our listeners no. don't either. And
1: Brent, um I'm happy to say that you are flying back tomorrow. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And quarantining for the remainder of the week until next Tuesday. Of course. Um when we get to record together and uh I'm going to put you on the spot here. W- would would you want to watch the The Bachelor with Alex and I afterward? Oh, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Wait. You guys still haven't watched the finale?
1: No, Bachelor, the new one.
0: Oh, the new one. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. Cool. Glad we can make some uh, some some dates. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Um, oh, what? Sorry, I'm just getting a notification. It says, "From the only Premier League podcast with a dress
0: code." Wait, Jake. Does the rest of that notification say that the dress code is jammies? Here, let,
1: let, let me scroll up. Oh my yeah, gosh! Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. The dress wow, code wow. is jammies. Uh, That's but yeah, and, until next time, when when we are in person and gazing deeply into each other's eyes, um, it's been Jake and Brent. That's me. That is you. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll see you next time. <laughs> I took it from you. I did. <laughs>